you're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 15 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and of course Tom Hiscott. Uh, we'll be looking back at the fixtures of the week commencing the 14th of March, but before I do that I'll say hello to Tom. Tom, hello and have you had a good week? A very good week. Uh, weather's been nice. Uh, got out and watched Bath City last weekend, or last week, sorry. Uh, so yeah, not, not too bad, nice and busy. That, that, sort of, that sort of football just doesn't count. Because if it, if, it, if it's not Western League, then we're just not interested. Those other those charlatans, those pretenders in the semi-professional ranks. <laughs> the um, I had the pleasure actually of um, I went to a sportsman's dinner on um, Saturday evening, where the speaker was none other than the great Mickey Quinn. He's fat. He's round. He scores at every ground. Is that how it goes? As, well, it was that either that or he's fat and he's round. He's worth a million pound, which of course back in the eighties was was a lot of money. But he's a man with a lot of records, as he was sharing with us at uh, on, on Saturday evening in Portsmouth, which is one of his prime stomping grounds. And uh, no, very 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 good time had by all. Very pleasant evening, and of course, I know that there's an awful lot for my for my time um, sort of living in Melksham. That there's an awful lot of sportsmen's dinners that go on around the uh, the, the Western League. I think Melksham have had pretty much the entire. Manchester United after dinner circuit coming down um, there. So uh, yes, a very a very entertaining evening had by all, and a lot of money raised for charity, which is very good. But anyway, we must move into the important the important business of uh, uh, this weekend's action. Um, I did say at the top of the show. Not normally we focus on. Um, uh, the, uh, the the fixtures uh, for the weekend and of course we will be speaking we'll go through in detail with Tom the uh, the action from Saturday the 18th of March but um, uh, there were a couple of standout fixtures I felt this week the ones that caught my eye were Street against Buckland that was a good crowd of 103 and uh, it was a two-all draw Tom it was uh, Buckland uh, the visitors uh, long journey for them uh, they went 2-0 ahead quite late on actually for Jared Lewington and Craig Duff uh, but the second-placed uh, side, Street, came back and uh, managed to get a draw. Uh, and uh, after Duff had put them two up, David O'Hare scored for the second game running, and then deep in stoppage time, they managed to, to grab an equaliser for Ben Amgar to, to gain a point. And the other game was on Wednesday. That was in the first division, and it was two of the um, the title hopefuls, Wellington against Cheddar. Big old crowd of 136 at Wellington, and it was pretty emphatic stuff, wasn't it? It was, and it was a big win for Wellington, uh, a 4-0 win uh, over their title rivals uh, to move top of the league, well, as of last week, um, and it was it started badly for Cheddar, who had Ricky uh, Bennett sent off quite early on, uh, and Ian Bellinger knocked home the resulting penalty to put Wellington ahead. Uh, he was then given another opportunity from 12 yards out and made no mistake to, to double the lead, and there were further goals after the break from Connor Bryant and Jack Bryant uh, to complete the, uh, the, the comfortable win. We will be going through the league tables at the end of the podcast, as we always do. As And, of course, we'll also be having a look at the uh, up-and-coming fixtures. But um, before we do that, um, the main our main body of work is um, is obviously the fixtures that happened on Saturday, the 18th of March. We start in the Premier Division, and Bitten were at home to, um, um, to Lowly Hallen. Yeah, a massive game at the bottom of the table. And it was Bitten who uh, who made the most of this this fixture. Uh, a big three-one win for them. Uh, new signing Josh Morgan Williams scored twice for the home side, uh, with Callum Baker then making it three-nil. Before Aaron Angling got on the uh, score sheet for Hallam, but uh, a disappointing afternoon for them. But a big, big win for Bitten. And Bridport entertained Wells City. 
Yeah, and it was a two-all draw there. Uh, Wells were 2-0 ahead thanks to Leon Britton and uh, George Carey. And Brad, Bridport managed to fight back and got into contention midway through the half. Uh, second half, that is, Ed Butcher, uh, before they struck uh, very late on through Lee Bailey to, to grab a share of the points. Now, this um, next fixture is a fixture that really caught my eye when we were looking down the uh, fixture list um, this time last week. Bristol Manor Farm at home to Bradford Town. Bradford Town have been on a really good run of form, and um, lo and behold, there was a very good crowd of 153 um, to take this game in on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, one of the bigger bigger crowds we've seen at the Creek this season, and uh, it, they were treated to an, imp- an impressive performance by Bristol Manor Farm, who, who set their title credentials on, on fire with a 4-1 win at home to the informed Bradford uh, it took them 26 minutes to take the lead uh, through Dean Stamp with Troy Simpson then doubling the advantage 6 minutes later uh, Pete Shepherd smashed home a third before Harley Purnell uh, completed the scoring in injury time after Bradford had clawed a goal back now, I, I fear I may have done Buckland Athletic something of a disservice because I've, I've called them out for the last couple of weeks as the team that are likely to put the most pressure, if anybody can, on Bristol Manor Farm. Um, realistically speaking, it means that they needed to win all of their games in hand. We started the podcast by looking at that draw that they had away at Street. Street, of course, are currently sitting um, second in the table. Um, so that was no mean feat whatsoever. But they they were at ho- and they were at home on uh, on Saturday. They entertained Chipping Sudbury Town, and they um, and they certainly well they managed to get over the line in front of another very good crowd of 123. Yeah, and it wasn't looking that way uh, after an hour. They were two one behind actually. Uh, they'd taken the lead off uh, through Charlie Johansson quite early on, uh, before Joe White and Dave Sims scored within within two minutes of each other uh, to put Chipping Sudbury ahead. Uh, but Buckland managed to fight back, and Jared Lewington. Uh, Brought them back level terms 15 minutes from time, uh, but then Buckland actually missed a penalty with Simon Ravel uh, seeing his chance, his, uh, his effort, sorry, uh, saved by Tim Griffiths in the chipping Sudbury goal. Uh, but Griffiths was beaten three minutes later uh, with Lewington scoring his second uh, to claim the win for Buckland. Now, the other team I mentioned just now was Street. Of course, they're currently sitting second in the table, and um, they had another... uh, Well, they bounced back from the relative disappointment of a home draw on Tuesday and uh, by taking all three points away at Clevedon Town. Yeah, they started one in this fixture. Uh, Dale Hunt scoring twice in the twenty-fifth minute, uh, in the first twenty-five minutes, uh, to put them two 0 ahead. Uh, and after Clevedon had uh, got a goal back through Kai Manford, uh, and uh, Street were looking like they might drop points yet again because Craig Herod was sent off, one of their main main players. Uh, however, they did manage to wrap up the win with Henry Foster heading home late on for a three-one win, as you say. Well, Melksham, uncustomary at the moment, were on the road and they went to Cribs, um, but um, probably more customary was the fact that they managed to take all three points. Yeah, and also uh, Gary Higdon scoring goals. Uh, that's his 25th of the, of the campaign in the, in the league alone. Uh, a 1-0 win for Melksham. Can't tell you anything about Gillingham against um, Shepton Mallet because that game um, was postponed, but um, odd down... An impressive away victory at Basement Boys Sherbourne Town. Yeah, Sherbourne keep leaking the goals. Uh, just just the five this week at home to Oddown, uh, with Dave Gould, Ben Witch, John Sage, Kai Simpson and Jack Knight all scoring for, for the visitors uh, and, and, and a big win for Oddown. And I was fortunate enough to catch up with Oddown manager Ray Johnston earlier today and I asked him for his thoughts on that impressive win. Uh, we we got, took a little while to get going, um, but once we got the first goal, the, the rest of the game kind of fell into place, if that makes sense. You, 
you've had to wait a little bit of time, didn't you, between um, um, the Sherbourne game on the um, uh, on the weekend and the uh, 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 and your game, your last game against against Cribs. That was at the back end of February, on February the twenty fifth. Do you think that the sort of frustration that your boys will have um, felt since that defeat against Cribs contributed to um, to the five nil will against Sherbourne? I think you've given um, players too much credit for um, for what goes through their heads. I think they've probably forgotten completely about it by Sunday, if I'm being honest. Um, now, joking aside, um, with the league top-loading the fixtures early doors in the season, I think, I think like panicking with the weather, it, it was always going to lead to sort of gaps in the back end of the season um, with, if in the uh, event of the season being quite dry like this has been. I mean, obviously, Sherbourne haven't been enjoying a um, uh, the best of seasons at the moment. They're at the sitting at the bottom of the Premier Division. But, I mean, do you think 5-0 flatters your performance on the day? To be honest, I, I never felt in control. I never felt that um, we weren't going to win the game. Um, however, they, they did have a couple of lively spots in the first 20 minutes or so. Um, they got one foreign lad up front who's, who's particularly sharp, shoots from anywhere. And um, it, it was, like you say, once we scored the first goal, I think the sort of the pressure eased and we just relaxed into our football a bit then. And, uh, you know, we had a, a few, like five different goal scorers as well, which was nice. You're currently seventh um, in the table. It's a very, it's very competitive at the top end of the um, uh, of the Premier Division. Is is that how you found it this season? Yeah, I, I think um, I, I'm disappointed that we're not in that mix. If I'm being honest, on the back of uh, last season. Um, however, you know, for the, the size of the club that we are, we are probably where we should be right now. Um, that doesn't mean to say that that's our goals and ambitions, mind. But um, and, you know, when you look at the clubs above us, uh, you know, I think where we are is where we should be, pointing to how much we overachieved last year. Obviously, you won the Premier Division last year. Did, are you surprised by the um, uh, the way that teams like Bristol Manor Farm and Buckland, are you and, and Street, in fairness, are you surprised by the way that they've developed since last year? Um, Bristol Manor Farm, no. Uh, they had a couple lads. Uh, they signed a couple of lads from us at the start of the season, which I think has made the difference to them from being a third, fourth place team to actually winning the league. Uh, Buckland, no, they, they, they've always, for the last two or three years, they've always been a side of fair playing. Um, Street, no, uh, Rich Faye's one of my better mates in football um, and back him to do do well anyway. Um, obviously, Melksham as well are in the, are in the mix. Um, they've got a fantastic new facility, which is a real statement of intent for their ambitions. Um, so, uh, are they one of the sides that you would expect to look out for um, next season? Well, any, any side run by uh, Darren Perrin, you'd expect to be there or thereabouts, especially at this level. He's got course and distance pedigree, um, winning it a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, no, good luck to him. It's a facility everyone would be envious of, you know. And you know they've been fortunate that they've got uh, a local council that backs them and gave that facility to the community. And fair play to them, you know, um, for forgetting that. And yeah, absolutely, any side run by Darren would be uh, a side to be reckoned with at any level. But with only one team going up into the Southern League and so many teams having aspirations for promotion, it's going to be every bit as hard next season as it is this one. God, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, you know, you look at, like you say, the crates that Melksham can pull in. You look at the Buckland, you know, obviously Manor Farm, obviously we'll probably lose out the league anyway. Street, you know, these, these are all clubs, well-supported clubs. You know, so to compete against those kind of sides that can that can pull in that kind of street revenue stream and support is always going to be tough. But, um, 
you know, just because it's tough doesn't mean it's not doable, and we'll be looking to do that. Um, earlier episodes this season of the podcast, we've talked about the, the strength of the, at the top of the of the Premier Division. Do you think it is stronger this season than it has been in recent years? Uh, I'm going to say no because I want to big up our achievement last year. Uh, the um, if I'm being honest, the, the I think all the way down, I think the, the top half of the table is a lot is, is a bit is generally more consistently tough when you look right the way down to the teams like Cribs below us like obviously beat us the other week you know Chip and Sobri coming up and done really well I think it, it's becoming a lot I think the, the few teams that got cut away at the bottom uh, are, are probably looking to strengthen again next year but teams like Longwell Green for example beat Barnes of towards the back end of last season which eventually sort of gave it to us gave us the title you know by us not really playing so um I think the season, this season has run through to form, whereas last season you can get the odd surprise here, there, and everywhere. So the top teams are strengthening, definitely. By my reckoning, you've got six more games left this season. Four of them are at the Lou Hill Memorial Ground. So, realistically speaking, where, what what sort of finish are you targeting um, for the end of this campaign? I think where we are now is where we're going to finish. I think that's been kind of predictable for the last. I don't know, two months really. Um, it's a shame that that's, but you know, I think we, we'll be doing well to catch Willand above us. I think they got game in hand on us with points, points to spare as well. And I think the teams behind us need a couple of snookers for them to catch us. So I think, you know, where we are is probably there or thereabouts where we're going to finish. You've got a couple of very interesting fixtures coming up, though. Both both of them are at home. You've got Bradford Town, who are going well, and Buckland, of course, who, um, are my, uh, in, in, in my opinion, are probably the only time side that have a realistic chance of, of catching um, Bristol Manor Farm. Oh, I, to be honest, they, and they've had a little wobble of late. We've got them last game of the season, so I'm guessing that the I'm guessing the uh, outcome's going to be sort of decided before then. Uh, regarding Bradford, they turned us over good and proper last when we played them at home uh, at their ground, and um, we'll be trying to fire my players right up to get uh, some kind of uh, revenge on that scoreline. First up for you on uh, on Saturday is going to be Longwell Green Sports at home, and um, obviously you're looking to uh, to get another positive result off the back of that good win away at Sherbourne. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking to improve on the performance level, if I'm being honest. But um, you know, in terms of the the result, I, you know, if you if you said to me the game's going to be one nil now, I, I'd take it. Of course, I would, like like any other manager would. But um, you know, at this stage of the season, I am blooded. I'm blooded a lot of youth players um, we had four or five under 18s in the side on Saturday um, so you know I'm using this opportunity to give give the younger lads a bit more experience and is that with an eye to next season have you already oh, of course yeah everything I'm doing from now on is, is with an eye towards next season and you know, I mean, second season syndrome in the in the Premier Division at professional level is uh, is often cited as being a, making it so difficult to regain a title. In um, when I spoke to Darren Perrin earlier this season, he talked about how difficult it was um, for Melksham to go again and, and regain the title um, that they'd won a couple of um, seasons ago. So next season, uh, are you are you targeting a, a top table finish again? Yeah, damn right. Um, I. I, I every game of football I, I go into I plan on try, I'm doing my best planning my side so that we can win the game um, regardless of who it is against um, I want to win that next game of football sounds a little bit cliche but you know I, I, I don't look too far forward I don't look too far behind it's just a case of winning that next game 
do I want to put aside the Gabbard challenge for that title next year? Yeah, of course I do. But then so does so does some of the other teams that you've already previously mentioned. So uh, you know we're all we're all be in the same pools, trying to get the same players, trying to feather our nest for next season, trying to keep hold of the ones we want to keep hold of. And but yes, the, the plans are in place to to at least be a bit more competitive next year as we have been this year. My thanks to Ray Johnson there. We wrap up our coverage of the Premier Division with um, Will and Rovers at home in action to another good form team, Brislington. Yeah, two sides playing quite well at the moment and uh, uh, only one goal to split them and it was Willens, Fletcher Williams who scored uh, the winning goal and Willen get the three points uh, and stay in sixth. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Now we turn our attention to the first division and we open up with um, more misery for the cheese men, Ashton and Blackwell, um, for Cheddar 2. And Cheddar, they were ahead at half-time with Callum Ham and Adam Jones having scored to put them 2-1 up. Uh, however, they couldn't hold on and uh, a hat-trick from Sam Thomas uh, fired Ashton Blackwell to a really, really impressive win. Uh, and there was also a goal late on for, for Sam Skidmore in, in the big win. Same scoreline, but it's reversed this time. Bishops Lydiard, the home side. Canesham Town winning away. Yeah, yeah Matt Brown scored twice for Canesham in there. 4-2 win away at Bishops Lydiard. Uh, an impressive afternoon for them. They had gone ahead through Ben Harris early on before for seeing their lead clawed back. Uh, Brown then struck to help them retake the lead with an own goal then putting them 3-1 ahead. Uh, Zach Ryder scored for Bishops Lydiard to set up an entertaining final 20 minutes. Uh, but then Brown's second of the afternoon wrapped up the win for Canesham. Something of a Wiltshire derby at Corsham Town with near neighbours Chippenham Park, the visitors, but it was the uh, the visitors who went away happier on this occasion. Yeah, and this game is all about one man. Uh, ben Pring, uh, last year in Corsham Colours, scored a hat-trick in this fixture uh, against Chippenham Park, and this year round uh, he's... He's managed to repeat the feat, but in the uh, in Chippenham Park colours, uh, firing them to a to really impressive 3-1 win. Another Wiltshire derby. Um, devises at home to uh, Westbury United. Yeah, a win for Westbury. 2-0 uh, away from home. And two goals in the space of three second half minutes from Jamie Jordan. Uh, was the difference between the sides. Right, well, I think I'm going to break with the habit of a lifetime now and have a rant. We don't really do that on the podcast, do we? We're all very civil and very corporate in our you know in our position here but why on earth are there 25 people watching Hingrave Athletic they are the the most exciting team uh, form wise to watch this year in the first division last week when we were talking about Hengrove I asked you the question can you remember when they last lost you couldn't I've looked it up and let's put it like this Barack Obama was in the White House there, we go. there you go this time out they were at home to Khan Town they won 6-0 if you aren't doing anything, if you're listening to this podcast and you know your, your hometown side is not in action, then my, my, you've got to go to watch Hengrove because I want to go and watch Hengrove if my wife would let me. Um, but it's, it's madness, isn't it? Can't another emphatic win. They don't show any signs of blowing up at all, do they? No, not at all. And it's Asa White again scoring a hat trick. Uh, he's got the first three goals of the fixture for Hengrove uh, once in the first half and then twice soon after the break uh, to put the game beyond doubt. Uh, with Craig White 
Jack Fillingham and Reese Hickory then completing the route, but um, another really, really good win for Hengrove. As you say, more people should be there watching them uh, every Saturday afternoon. One side in the first division that doesn't have any trouble getting in a decent crowd, and that's Malmesbury Victoria. They were at home to Portishead. Over 100 saw that game, and uh, the home fans certainly went home happy. They did. Uh, John Basley and Sam Parker uh, were on the score sheet at the, the Flymont ground as uh, Malmesbury got a 2-0 win. So I'm delighted to be joined on the Toolstation Western League podcast by Kevin Bridgman, the manager of Malmesbury Victoria. Kevin, you had a good win at the weekend. It was at home to Portishead. Um, how did you see that game from uh, from the touchline? Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was fairly um, fairly straightforward in terms of um, in terms of a, a kind of home win. We, uh, we set up with a four five one formation. Uh, we were against quite a strong wind in the first half, um, so we always knew that if we could uh, if we could still be in the game at half time, um, you know, going down the hill with a bit of wind in the second half, we knew that we would uh, we would probably create chances, um, and we we did we did manage to fortunately. Um, uh, kind of controlled the game right from the outset, uh, limited Port's head to, uh, to very few half chances in the first half, um, and managed to uh, managed to get ourselves in the lead at half time. Um, and then second half was much the same, a bit you know a bit more of a formality really in, in terms of um, like I said with the wind, um, we were creating chances. You know we had four or five decent chances to, to kill the game off, um, and again limited Port's head to, to very few half chances. So. And uh, it was another win and another clean sheet following your game on the 11th of uh, March. That was a much more explosive victory against Carn Town. You were really in the in the goals there. That was a six niller. You must have been very pleased. Yeah, yeah, we were really pleased. Um, when, when we went to uh, when we went to Carn, obviously being a, uh, a local derby back in September, um, we were we were very unlucky in the first half. We hit the bar twice, uh, had a goal disallowed, uh, and then we went down to ten men. So we uh, we felt a little bit unjust that we uh, that we were on the wrong end of a three-one defeat back down there. So um, we we were quite keen, like I say, with it being a, a local derby, the boys were were quite keen to get uh, get out of the blocks nice and quick. Um, and to be fair, we, we scored with our first attack, and, and that kind of set a precedent for the game. It, it looked as so though every time we were going to move forward, it, it looked as though that we were likely to score. Um, and I think Calm, Calm got a bit involved with the referee and uh, with themselves a little bit too much, and, and we just kind of played on that and, and just played our natural game. Um, and, and yeah, it was really pleasing to, to finally get some goals. It's, it's been coming, um, to be honest, as a um, you know a, a, a decent kind of four, five, six goal uh, victory. So um, yeah, it was pleasing to get that on the board. This is your first season in the uh, Tool Station Western League. How have you found it so far? Yeah, it was uh, it was a bit of an unknown to us, Ian. In all honesty, we um, we a couple of years ago we were in the Hellenic League. Um, we've been in the uh, Division One Western and the Premier Division, uh, and then unfortunately due to off-field uh, activities and flooding and bits and bobs, we, we had to, uh, to pull out of the Hellenic League and, and went back down into the uh, into the Wiltshire League for a couple of seasons. Um, and then it became apparent that we were, were obviously going to be uh, granted promotion. So um, I was quite keen, along with my assistant and Andy Wicks, who's played in the Tall Station League, um, to maybe have a crack uh, at this side of the pyramid rather than the Hellenic. Um, so yeah, we were. We, it was a bit of an unknown, obviously, and at the start of the season, we would, you know, we, we were looking to, to kind of really just consolidate in the league, um, you know, and then 
maybe push on next season. But we, we started off very, very well. Um, unfortunately, had a little bit of a blip um, just over the Christmas period, which is it's pushed back a bit. But um, really, really pleased with, with how the season's gone so far. We've got six games left to go. Um, we're hoping to get maximum points from, from those six, and, and we'll see where we finish. But yeah, it's certainly been, um, been a bit of a decent season from our point of view. So if, if at the end of the season you finish in one of the FA Cup places, that would be um, that would be a good measure of success? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think we would have absolutely snapped, snapped your hand off if you said to us at the start of the season that you're, you're going to finish you know, in the top five or six and we'll be guaranteed an FA Cup spot um, you know, and, and almost be the, the kind of highest Wiltshire-based side. I think we would have, well, I think some probably would have, would have maybe chuckled a bit because at no point did we think that that was ever going to happen. But now we've, uh, we're six points behind Ashton and Backwell in in in, uh, in fifth uh, with a game in hand. So certainly that's what we'll be looking to push on towards is that is that top five position now. Well, that makes it a very competitive end to the season for the fans, which is which is excellent. You, you've had some interesting um, results this season. You, you, you're currently lying in ninth, in sort of top of half of mid-table. Um, but uh, when I look down the fixture list, uh, obviously we've had the two games that we've just discussed, the Portishead win, the, the, the victory over Khan. You did lose out to Roman Glass St George. You also had a heavy defeat um, in February to Chard. But having said that, you, you won away at Cheddar. And Cheddar, of course, one of the promotion... Um, chases. So you've you've had a you've had a, a roller coaster season in some respects. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, that, that little piece of inconsistency really is is quite a key part for me to work on uh, with the rest of the management team over the, over the summer period because, like you say, we've uh, we, we we've drawn uh, and beaten Cheddar, we've drawn and beaten Henworth, uh, uh, came from at home three nil away, uh, three nil up away with an hour uh, hour gone. Um, but ended up losing that game 5-4 um, we were sadly beaten down at Wellington but we still got them to play them at home uh, in our last 10 game in April so against the top sides we, we've done very very well um, it, it seems to be the kind of away games um, certain midweek uh, where we went to Cowan uh, games like the Roman Glass game um, you know where we, we, we just haven't managed to fulfil the potential that I think we've got um, and, and that's kind of cost us really I think maybe pushing on and, and challenging in the top two um, to, to, to sort of kind of touch on the Chard game uh, we went through a little period where uh, where we had some suspensions and we were struggling quite badly for a team um, in uh, certainly against Wincanton away and Chard away which uh, we went down to both of those games with just 12 players um, which in fact against Chard we didn't have a goalkeeper so I had to play goal um, so it was, it's, it's been a it's been an eventful season, let's, let's just say that. But yeah, it's, and that inconsistency is um, it, it cost us really. You've got Wellington coming up um, at the end of the season, as you as you just mentioned. Um, of the of the top teams that you've faced this season, who, who do you who do you have your, as your standout promotion candidates this year? So I, I said right from um, I think September or October time that we played them at home and, and drew nil nil. But I've said all season that I think that Hengrove are uh, by far and away the best the best team in this league. Um, the, the way that they organise themselves, um, they're strong all over the pitch. Um, you look at Ace White, who's on the right hand side of the field, who's got 31 goals, um, yeah, and Jack Fillingham up front, who's, who's also in the top four or five goal, goal scorers. So, um, yeah, I, I've said Hengrove all along, um, and I think Cedar uh, behind them are, are probably the, the second most consistent team. Um, so, I would, um, yeah, I would certainly like to 
in the top two come the end of the season. And you mentioned your, your background at the Hellenic League. How, how do you feel that the Western League compares in terms of quality to what you faced in the Hellenic League? So I think certainly this season, um, just, I mean, we, we can only go by looking at the, the results in the Hellenic League, but I mean, we played Fairford in pre-season and we lost 3-2. Um, now Fairford are absolutely cruising the, the Hellenic Division 1 West uh, League. They won 11 nil on Saturday. They had a 17 nil win. Um, you know, and, and when you look at the results in our league, you know, um, uh, there, there's been a couple of freak results. I think that, you know, Dalton's be beating devices 9-2. Um, you know, but other than that, you, you very rarely see, you know, a, uh, a kind of good 5-6 nil uh, victory from any team. This is fairly, fairly tight in the West. Um, one final question, Kevin, um, and that is uh, every every week I do the podcast with Tom Hiscott, who writes the Western League column for the non-league paper, and uh, he's uh, he's made a point of telling me that his fame his favourite ground name is yours. It's the Flying Monk Ground. Is there a story behind that name? Yeah, there is. It's um, it, it, it's all to do with uh, with Malmesbury Abbey, um, and years and years ago the monks. Um, uh, yeah, it was uh, Elmer, the flying monk. Um, he's a uh, guy, uh, one of the monks that flown off of the top of the to attempted to fly off the top of the abbey. Um, and there also used to be a pub called the Flying Monk as well in Malmesbury, so it kind of all evolves around from there. But yeah, that's, um, that's this is the kind of story behind the name of the ground. Fantastic. Um, Kevin, thank you very much indeed for your time. Thank you for joining us on the podcast, and uh, good luck for the rest of the season. You're welcome. Thanks a lot, Ian. Radstock Town have been in, in different form since we had them on the podcast, but they returned to winning ways at home to Oldland Abertonians. Yeah, and another hat-trick in this fixture as well. Uh, it was Simon Millard for the, for the home side. Uh, Radstock 3-1 win at home to Oldland. Now, another side that's been in good form uh, is Roman Glass St George. And uh, we commented a few weeks ago when they put uh, Manor Farm out of the Les Phillips Cup that uh, that was something of a shock. Um, but um, but their f- their results have been pretty impressive since then, and an- and another good home victory against Bishop Sutton. Yeah, this is their fifth win in uh, six fixtures, in fact, and it was thanks to Chris Douglas who scored twice twice for the home side, and then Ken Oney, uh, the fans' favourite, he added a third and uh, another comfortable win for him and Glass and George. Well, I would love to say that Almondsbury have managed to um, turn the curse of the podcast on its head, but unfortunately that's not true because they lost on Tuesday to Ashton and Backwell. Uh, however, they did return to winning ways against Warminster Town and uh, the most unlikely of, uh, of uh, relegation escapes seems to seems to still be on. It's still on. It's still on. Uh, an away win, uh, probably <laughs> not expected, but they found form when it was most vital for them, and they are catching the teams ahead of them. Uh, a 2-1 win away at Warminster. Uh, Jordan Yeo scoring twice for the for Almondsbury, uh, with Mark Robinson scoring for the home side. Uh, but this incredible escape is definitely on. Wellington uh, were at home to Wincanton and uh, the table toppers recorded another solid victory. Yeah, they backed up their midweek performance, which is always important uh, in, in, the, in the, fu- the final moments of the season. And it was a, a 3-0 win at home to Wincanton. Uh, Jack Taylor, Connor Bryant and Jack Bryant on the, sc- the score sheet for the home side. And we finish our coverage of the first division with Welton Rovers at home to Chardtown. Yeah, and not much to say about that, just a, a nil-nil. Uh, we don't get many of them, but unfortunately at Welton... Uh, that that took place and Chard unable to break the deadlock. 
Yeah, nothing to see here. That game in the Western League, uh, listeners, is the only game that didn't have a goal in it. Um, and uh, so, if you you know, if you ever wanted an advertisement for entertaining football over weekend, uh, well, yeah, exactly. Go and watch Hengrove. But certainly, it's a great advert for the Tool Station Western League. That so many we see so many goals scored um, every week. Uh, right then, now we shall move on to the up-and-coming fixtures, Tom. And uh, do you want to kick us off? We've got a, we've got my, we've got my favourite team in action on Tuesday night. Yeah, Hengrove. Uh, they're not at home, so there's no pressure on the fans on Tuesday night. But I don't know. They, they could travel to Chippenham Park. That should be a good game. Uh, Hengrove in absolutely fantastic form, as we've discussed, and Chippenham Park also fancy, will fancy their chances, uh, and, and that should be a good Tuesday night fixture. Um, on Wednesday, we've got three games in the first division. Ashton and Backwell against Radstock. Carntown uh, entertain Bishops, Lydiard, Warminster are at home to table-topping Wellington. Uh, but, um, well, a full, a full schedule of fixtures, Tom, on Saturday. And do you want to start off with uh, the, uh, the Les Phillips Cup tie? Yeah, we've got the uh, final fixture from the uh, second, second round, uh, where Gillingham Town hosts Bradford uh, for, for a place in the quarterfinals. And that takes place on Saturday, as you say. And then also we have a full, full set of Premier Division fixtures with Bitten hosting Clevedon Town, Brislington hosting Cribs, Bristol Manor Farmer at home to Buckland in what should be a, an, an entertaining fixture, Chipping Sobbury Town against Woodland Rovers, Halland versus Sherborne, uh, Melksham versus Bridport, and then Longwell Green Sports are back in action after a couple of weeks off and they travel to take on Oddown. In the First Division, um, we have Bishop Sutton taking on um, Almondsbury Uwey. Canesham Town travel to take on Carn Town, Chippenham Park versus Ashton and Backwell United, Corsham Town versus Malmesbury Victoria, Devizes Town uh, entertain Wellington, Wincanton travel to take on Portishead Town, Radstock take on Warminster, Romanson, Roman Glass St George against Hengrove Athletic, and finally Westbury United they host Oldland Abertonians. Now, of course, I ask you at this point every week, what's your standout fixture of the week? Um, it, I, I probably don't. I probably already know the answer. It has to be Bristol Manor Farm versus Buckland. Uh, it, this is their final fixture against the top five opponent. They do still have to play Willand, who are who are sixth. But apart from that, it looks like a very um, comfortable set of fixtures, should we say, for for Bristol Manor Farm. Uh, but this uh, home to Buckland, the last. Last hurrah for, for the chasing pack, should we say. If, if Bristol Manor Farm can come out of this fixture unscathed, uh, you'd have to think that the title is probably theirs. Now, I'm, um, I'm going to call out... Um, we started off by talking about Chippenham Park against um, Hengrove on Tuesday. And uh, I think you're right. I know, we know Chippenham Park are a, a good side at home. However... On the Saturday, Hengrove travelled to Roman Glass. Roman Glass in very good form at the moment. And, of course, they play on that plastic pitch which the manager told us about on the podcast it does give the home side an advantage of course we know that it did for um, uh, Manor Farm in that Les Phillips Cup tie uh, so I reckon that as much as we've um, we've enjoyed this incredible run by Hengrove I think that there's probably more chance of them coming unstuck at Roman Glass than there is at, uh, at Chippenham I just hope that you know the fans get out there and uh, and get to watch the side because if they can take six points from those two fixes this week well then I think that the uh, we'll be decorating the open top bus <laughs> well, Wellington's recent upturn in form has actually put the pressure on Hengrove now who uh, don't have as many games in hand and as many points uh, in hand should we say uh, to, to, to catch so the pressure is on them to, to keep continuing on their way of, of scoring I just well can we can Roman Glass St George and Chippenham Park on Tuesday can they stop Asa White that's the big question 
that is the big question. Now then, just before we wrap up another week's podcast, we'll have a look at the uh, the league tables in the Premier Division. Uh, it's all about Bristol Manor Farm at the top. Played 32, 84 points. That's a 10-point gap between Bristol Manor Farm and Street in second place. Street going ever so well. Um, incredibly consistent. They've been maintaining the pressure there. In earlier podcasts, we talked about Melksham catching them and then catching Manor Farm. That didn't happen. And then, of course, we thought Buckland would be um, would be would be putting the pressure on Buckland are in fourth they've played 30 on 70 points that's the same number of um, points that Melksham have Melksham have played one game more and they're in third Bradford have been creep- Bradford Town have been keep creeping up on the rails they're in uh, they're in fifth they've got um, 32 played and 64 points um, so tight at the top but really I think Tom you're absolutely right it's all about whether Buckland can get something um, out of that manner farm game as to whether or not uh, the run-in, it's squeaky bum time at the top of the of the Premier Division very much squeaky bum time at the bottom of the of the Premier Division with um, Hallen who had looked like they were going to um, keep themselves safe, they've gone They've gone back into trouble, the bottom three sides, Bitten played 30 17 points, Hallen played 32 15 points, Sherbourne um, played 32, 13 points, uh, None of them gone necessarily yet. I think Sherbourne, if they can turn it around, are still in, you know, with a fighting chance. But I think that um, certainly Longwell Green above uh, and above Bridport there. Bridport 31 played 26 points and Longwell Green 31 played 22 points. They should be safe. It's all about those top two positions in the first division. And uh, Wellington um, occupy that top spot. Played 35, 75 points. Canesham played two games more, 72 points. So there's a three-point advantage Wellington have and then we get into the mathematically interesting stuff Hengrove played 33 70 points arguably I suppose if you say they've only got to target the top two spots they've got a massive advantage over Canesham but the the form that Hengrove have been in the phenomenal form um, you've got to if you're a regular listener to the podcast you'll know that we've we thought that they might end up going all the way certainly the pressure is on at the top of the first division and let's not forget that Cheddar are still in it 35 played 70 points that's the same number of points as Hengrove but two extra games played at the bottom of the first division uh, we've got um well, Welton Rovers are in 19th. They've played 37. They've got 34 points. Three points below them is Khan. They've only played 34 on 31 points. Then it's Corsham, played 35, 29 points. And then Almondsbury Huey, who were nowhere and are now somewhere. They've played 35, uh, but they've got 25 points now. And uh, interesting stuff at the bottom of the first division. Tom, as always, thank you very much for your time. I know it's not just the podcast you do, it's the bulletin as well, uh, but also it's the uh, non-league paper and uh, can we read you in that this week can uh, 200 odd words in the uh, step four and five section toward the back of the non-league paper yes excellent Tom thank you very much indeed I think by the time we um, we meet again this time next week we might need a stiff drink because so much will have developed in a really exciting week for Tool Station Western League football but um, for another week's podcast I've been Ian Knockholds and uh, you've been listening to me and Tom Hiscock. <laughs>